Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? You said you wouldn't do that. Uh, I lied. The podcasting equivalent of being promised snow but receiving rain. Oh, yeah, tragic. Yeah. Definition of a Brittany winter. Mm, it, it has been. Brittany? A Brittany. British. No, no, Brittany. Brittany's fine. Brittany. Brittany. Right, okay. Dun, dun, dun. That's what it does when it rains. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> did you like that one? I did, yeah. Also, Callum, do you, mm. like, do, do you like a new picture? Oh, I do. It's lovely to look at. And I like the colours. Yeah. You look devilishly handsome we've, in we've there. Got, we, we've gone through a little bit of a rebranding, haven't we? We have. In we absolutely we, have. In that we have the same photo that we had before. Yeah, exactly. Kind we of. haven't changed kind, much. Kind of, kind of. Tell you what we, tell you what we did mm. is we got a graphic designer. Mm. You can you can find her find her on Instagram mm-hmm. at uh, KTC Designs. Yeah, and like you can K- find that link at the bottom think, as well. It's oh yeah, down yeah, there. yeah. You can absolutely have, no KT, KTC Graphic Design. Apologies. KTC KTC Graphic design. design. Again, this is all going is all going to be linked and stuff. And I can tell you right now that this person is not related to either of us, and we did not get any <laughs> mates rates. Absolutely, uh, abs- absolutely not. No, what 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 she's very ki- kindly done for us is make a kind of pop art version of the photo that we had on the podcast last year because we kind of thought that was a bit dark and things needed yeah, to pop. exactly. And, you know, we've got our beers there, we've got our instruments mm-hmm. there, we've got some our music guts, and movie uh, stuff exactly. in the corner. It's yeah. really quite nice, actually. It's oh, I think it's... feel all I, fancy. Well, we've turned over a new leaf, quite literally, and you need a leaf turning over. Look at the state of you. Get that, get that leaf turned. Mate, what are you talking about? I went into the shower today. <laughs> I washed. Do you know what, I, I said to Alex at the start, I was like, oh, do you know, wait, well, I'll, I'll give you a bit of planning. I'll give you a bit of stuff because there's a few things I want to discuss before we get in. But actually, it's stuff that we, we can share with you. I've done nothing but work and sleep this past week. The, the, the lockdown, the level of lockdown, you know, and the occasional run, the level of lockdown um, unactivity, if that's a phrase, I'm going to say it. And that's Ina- Inactivity? No, 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 no. It's not even inactivity because it's, inact- it's unactivity. In, in, inactivity maybe suggests that there's maybe a lapse in activity. Unactivity suggests that there is none at all whatsoever. Just total absence. It is just a total absence of activity. It's an yeah, activity yeah. void. Um, yeah. But in some ways, do you know what? It's January, it's raining. There's nothing going on. So what else do you do? You you throw on uh, a late nineties absolute thrill ride, don't you? Yes, that that is exactly what you do. That that is exactly what you do. However, I feel like the lack of excitement in our daily lives means that that our our numbness yeah. to this kind of sensory input yeah. has decreased to such an extent that it's actually no longer possible to watch this movie and not feel like you're about to have an epileptic fit. Yeah, it's mental. It's mental. We're, we're, I've got so many points. I, I think I think the point I'm trying to make up top is that what's really interesting is that the podcast has been a useful tool to track the trajectory of our lives over the past year or so. And mm, yeah, we, have yeah, never, we have never hit less of a low point in terms of actual movement. Um, so that in, in theory, I think all we can really do is just plug on into the podcast because, yeah. we, you know, shit what we 
we've seen. What's the tube? Do you remember what the tube is? I don't. Do you know I what don't, that mate. I really don't. <laughs> I don't remember what the tube is. It's, it's the word that we call some sort of public transportation. <laughs> but what's, what's public transportation? What's you, that? I think I think you feel like a tube when you're on it. Maybe that's the resemblance. Maybe, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it. yeah. But I think I think there's. I mean, look, let's just address it. There's there's nothing much more that we can do apart from tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd be so kind as to listen, that we are a music and movies podcast we are and we will take you on some of the most thrilling adventures the escapes from your normal lockdown world and i and i just want to put in a point here and i mentioned it at the end of last week's episode and i think it's worth just circling back around to say that whilst there's a lot of scientific research that says that positivity is increased by making uh making time to have a fake commute um or maybe take yourself for a little walk before you start work as if it was your kind of uh, a normal traditional you know routine that people were, were used to um prior the prior armageddon as we call it yeah <laughs> see what i did there little armageddon yeah. for what yeah, very good, very good, but very in good. fact we would actively actively encourage that and and i think just obviously alex at the end of the show is going to talk a little bit about how you can get in contact with us um, but we we want to double down and say that actually there's an element here where we are we'd be more than more than happy if you wanted to take us with you on that commute take us with you on that evening walk and brighten up that evening walk a little bit more by telling us your favorite music and movie. absolutely go go for a walk and say to yourself armageddon out of here and i'm taking going through the motions with me he doesn't no, no, tell me he tell me that wasn't good us. no that was great <laughs> that was great i was up all night writing that <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. There's a lot of thoughts gone into it. It was fantastic. Your face, lot. your face, sort of plummeted but though. Thi- but the thing is, and, I, and I'm sure you'll agree. Do you know, like, t- t- right in. If you've got a movie that you go, I love this movie. I love this soundtrack, and I want, I want a real deep dive in it. But you can't be arsed doing the research. Write in and tell it to us, and then take yourself on a walk, and we'll tell you why we think that why we think that Jaws has the most iconic intro music of all time, or where Star Wars really got its inspiration from. Or why Speed Two, I think, really just shouldn't exist, as far as I'm concerned. But um, it is genuinely hilarious, isn't it? I quite like it. Is it weird to say I quite like it? And there's a really weird scene in Speed Two. I I can't explain. We should sit and watch Speed Two one time. Definitely, it's one of those movies that I've seen like a couple of times because my uncle had it on VHS, and okay. I just, and, and I and I watched it when I stayed round it, <laughs> stayed round it theirs, and <laughs> and I and I remember thinking at that time I was like. It's interesting. It's called speed because you know, relatively speaking, big, big ships they don't seem to move that fast. I just have this picture of you and your uncle. In my mind, your uncle's just on his own in a flat. It's just that chair, a VHS recorder, him on an armchair with a bottle of whiskey, and just you. And you I'll look after the boy for another couple of hours, and you're just sat there on the get floor. some Sandra Bullock on, <laughs> just watching Speed Two, and he's just in the corner, just like. Oh, like everything's going everything's going horribly in his life but you've got speed to on so you're happy <laughs> i'm sure he's a lovely man he is <laughs> he's just, things aren't going well just stick speed to on for the third time in a row it was speed to or toy story 2 oh, okay cool yeah Big difference <laughs> only uh, two vhs's in the house <laughs> i don't want to close my eyes I don't want to fall asleep cause you'll draw on me And I don't want a dick on my face Very good Don't want to close my eyes Oh, he's off again 
don't want to fall asleep because I'm driving home and okay, I've listeners. only had 11 pints. You're, you're, I'm, I'm in as exasperated as you are at this point, <laughs> listeners. Don't worry, you're not alone. <laughs> Do you know, right, so here's my first fact for, we're, we're doing Armageddon this week, by the way. Oh, right, so are we? The Aerosmith wasn't a clue and the Armageddon puns weren't clues. But, <laughs> you know, we've said it now, so in case there was any doubt... Regarding the film's premise, Ben Affleck asked director Michael Bay, wouldn't it be easier for NASA just to train some astronauts how to drill rather than training drillers to be astronauts? And do you know what Bay's response was? What? Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But there's even a scene in the movie that... uh, that, Yeah, I've got that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where basically Bruce, Bruce Willis stares off out of a hangar and says, drilling's an art. Oh and I my go, God. and I go right. Is it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> right, right. You are. And I love, you know, just just on that scene, I loved the fact that like NASA had built this drill. And, and they did it wrong. And then, and then they did it wrong. And Bruce Willis is there to tell you that. Let oh, me guess, mate. your 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 gears are spinning and you don't know why. And oh. the smartest man on the earth is going, "Yeah, I've got no idea." Oh my god! <laughs> I just, you know, right. I, this is Michael Bay thinks that Armageddon is his worst film. You know, if he thinks really, worst, yeah. are you kidding me? I, I, he goes, I will apologize for Armageddon because we had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks. He told the Miami Herald in 2013, it was a massive undertaking that was not fair to the movie. I would redo the entire third act if I, third act if I could. It's my favorite part. I'll be honest. I love it. Oh my days, Michael Bay's worst movie. Yeah. I say oh. something. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. Because I'm in jail and I know I've got a pretty mouth. <laughs> Do you know there's an official smeller for NASA missions? Smeller? So, smeller. So when, when every time a, a spacecraft leaves... Um, into outer orbit. God, I've got so many wrong terminologies in that phrase, but you know what I mean. Someone has to smell everything because apparently certain aromas in space could be sort of um, overwhelming to astronauts and sort of toxicity and things like this. And apparently there's different groups of smell and stuff. We, we um, in our work, we've been doing sort of some morning calls. Um, and in, in the morning call, we kind of take 15 minutes to research a, a topic and, and sort of tell it back to everyone. And one of, the, one of our team... Uh, basically came in with this full presentation of the official NASA smeller. And apparently there's one guy who has smelled almost everything that's gone into space for NASA. It's, it's really amazing, actually. That's, I know it's, it that's mental. mental. It sounds mental, but please, if you if, take time to look it up. In fact, I might link the link below that he sent. Link the link below. Link the link. It's so is interesting. It, is this link the link below like... Like the scientists in Armageddon overrid the override. Oh my god, it's wonderful! <laughs> it is just wonderful. You know, I, 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 cry, I, I genuinely fell off the couch laughing <laughs> at that bit because they were like over. I, I, I can't remember if it was, I, uh, if it was somebody saying it or it was words on a computer screen. Either way, yeah. that screenplay, which means somebody got paid to write it, yeah. it genuinely said override the override. My and I thought. Sake. <laughs> Michael Bay said in a magazine interview that the solution in the movie for dealing with the asteroid was very clever, but not realistic. But that one idea for countering the threat 
was actually in line with NASA research. So the anti-gravity systems was in line with some research. He also said that a problem with a film like this is that it would make Americans erroneously think that if a situation like this movie actually occurred, then there would potentially be a tangible solution for something that could be done. Like, obviously, that's not the case. I love it that no. he thinks he has that level of of, of kind Clout. of... I mean, maybe, I don't know, fuck, fuck me, maybe he does. Like, maybe people do think that's fine. If it, if it, if it comes, then uh, then we can just we can just put a put a massive. Uh, okay, so in your in your in your expert opinion, then. That this happens. Uh, uh, an asteroid the size of Texas is coming towards the Earth. Yeah. There's nothing we can do, is there? <laughs> that, that's not, absolutely I nothing. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure they have plans for it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. No, but, but that's the thing. They, they know these things happening. It doesn't catch them 18 days off guard. That's, no. that's the point of it. Uh, NASA yeah. shows... even, though there was also, even though there was also a line about that, about saying their budget only covered 3% of the sky. Yeah, it meant... And you're like, right, okay. Very uh, good. Na- NASA actually do show this film during their management training program. New managers are given the task of trying to spot as many errors as possible. Apparently, at least 168 have been found by NASA trainee managers. Wait, errors to do with what? Errors to do with Entirely protocol, with yeah, yeah, yeah. protocol to science? Every, every, I think it's NASA protocol. I think it's NASA, NASA protocol. Oh, right, um, okay. And, and then obviously some elements of security protocol. But one thing that apparently is true, you'll love this. So after Rockhound, who is a fantastic uh, inclusion to the film, Steve Buscemi, after yep. he gets space dementia, the shuttle crew wrap him in duct tape, which is actually... Actually, in, which is in fact NASA protocol for immobilizing a crazed crew member. Fair enough. So of all of it, that's the one thing that we're like, no, that that's fine. No, that was fine. That was fine. Yeah, that was that was the right call. Man alive. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Tell me what you think. Give me give me your overarching thoughts of this movie. Okay, so until last night, which is when I watched this movie, mm-hmm. this was my favorite Michael Bay movie. Okay, it was a it was a guilty pleasure. I knew it was yeah. popcorn. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. a guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. and I would I would have said, gun to my head, that I would have thought, on the whole, this is a good movie. Oh no, you don't like it. I no longer think this. Oh. This is oh, it's atrocious. But 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 hang on. But my question to you is 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 I mean obviously it's not a good movie. But do you still like it? No. You don't. No, man, I didn't think I'd be the one coming on here and having to 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 uh, to back it up because I because I was about to come on and play that play the bad cop and you were going to be the good cop. Now, to I think to caveat that I think we've had too many Michael Bay type movies after after the fact. Yes, to then ruin all the tropes yes. because I now see this movie as just a collection of Michael Bayisms that I absolutely despise. Yeah. And this is including, but not limited to, being unable to have an emotional scene between two characters without some sort of Air Force flyover, being unable to show stress without shaking the camera to the point where you can't see anything going on on screen, and also... The mix, the audio mix, was atrocious. Horrible, isn't it? For a movie that had to have a lot of science jargon, space jargon, that required you to be able to, I don't know, hear the dialogue, the mix was just overwhelmed with sound effects and not music, just sound effects and just noise. It was just 
a sensory overload. It is an assault on the ears. It I is mean, an absolute assault on the senses. And and visually, it didn't do much better. I, I, I find myself in awe at specifically the launch scene, right? Mm. When the two rockets came, uh, were, were launching into orbit and they were approaching... In fact, there was two two instances where I thought thought this was terrible. When they were approaching the space station, mm-hmm. and yes. when they were slingshotting around the moon, yes. and I was thinking, they're not they're not doing an exhibition flight. There's no need for them to be flying that close to each other. <laughs> yeah, Did no, you no, think no, this? Good... They're I almost mean... touching, <laughs> and I was. And I was like, what is going on here? I think you're I think you're bang on. And I think there's gonna be a lot of points throughout this movie. I think just to, to, to up top, we like we're gonna pick this apart because we're pedantic folk. We're yeah, pedantic we're people. But if you like this movie, don't obviously don't let us persuade you otherwise. But but we are gonna pick this thing to pieces because there's so many points. And I've got so many things I want to unpack in that sentence. I've gone through the movie chronologically, and right. I was gonna get to that point. Oh, um, right, great. But, but let me but let me just finish it with a fun fact for you, because you know how much I love these little facts. Yeah, because, I know you because do. The, especially the point you raised. Now, um I, I guess let's cover that now, because you, you hit on the special effects. I think the special effects stand up. I think a lot of the effects stand up, and I think in some cases the practical effects fall down. Some of the practical effects on the asteroid, for example, had me kind of just going, "Ooh, this isn't this isn't overly great." Yeah. Um, but on plastic that, looking drills, etc. Well, ex- well, things like that. Yeah. Apparently, there's you, you can see grass on the underside of one of the armadillos on the uh, on the asteroid. <laughs> so, but but what's really interesting is that the the um the, a lot of the shots were relatively taken for real. So the launches were real launches. Uh, that were actually taken. All the all the oil rig scenes, they were all filmed on real oil rigs. So a lot of that stuff is kind of, it was all filmed on location. And there was a yeah. lot of filming in location. And there was some in California at the kind of Apollo 1 site. There was some in Florida. So a lot of it was pretty good. Um, but to your point, I mean, it is just dramatic shots. Almost every shot is a moving camera lens. So rarely is there a fixed camera watching a scene. Yeah. Can you tell me what the average length uh, of of a, of a cut is in this movie. Oh, I I don't think I would be that pedantic by saying less than two seconds. One point five seconds. Bang on, <laughs> bang on. And I I noticed that, and I was like, oh my god, pick a shot, Michael. Yeah, it's, it's Jesus. It's pretty, it's pretty. It's pretty mental. And I think you know, I think Liv Tyler had mm-hmm. more camera shots on her than lines. Yeah, yeah, in this yeah. movie, a lot, a lot of a lot of stoic looking and and toing and froing and hmm and sort of stuff. Definitely, she, she's very pretty in this movie, though. Isn't oh she? yeah, she's awfully pretty. Uh, do you? I mean, let's get let's get into it. What do you think about what do you think about the intro, the voiceover intro piece at the part at the start? I haven't seen a voiceover in a while, have you? Now, see this, I love th- yeah, th- this, I, I love because right. it's a product of its time. It's quintessentially nineties, and mm. you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the spoof opening of Tropic Thunder. Yes, when yes. when he's narrating the the Tug Speedman movies, mm. uh, the the trailer guy, mm. and he's going, <laughs> and no one know. saw it coming. Three, yeah. four, five more times, <laughs> and now. 
the man who's about to who who made a difference before is about to make a difference again. That kind of Didn't that kind of twi- voice, and I tw- loved twins it. Or something that in one of them doesn't he? He's, he's got a baby over his shoulder and like a Tommy gun or something like this. And then in the and then in the final film, it kind of freezes over and he's got twins and he's got two guns. He's got he's got twins. Marvelous. He's got he's got twins strapped to him. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and it's snow and it's snowing all around it. It's obviously a global winter, and he goes. <laughs> Who left the fridge open? Oh man, I love it. <laughs> Which, by the way, is about the quality of dialogue that you can find in this particular oh, movie. Come on, listen to this guy. He's, the quality the dialogue is great. We have a we have a wonderful sequence where we call it a global killer. My God, <laughs> what's wrong yeah. with that? My that's, God, that's normal. I, oh man, I burst out laughing at the my gods. Yeah. You know, so the 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 thing I want to talk and there's a there's an element of. Um, there's an element of Bayism in this in this part of the movie, and also you know the era that it was released. This was a '98 release, so two years before we had Independence Day, and there's so many triggers from that. Obviously, the whole Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler piece is very very influenced by Titanic, which was actually a rewrite, so they put that in. So this film is just a it's holding a mirror up to Hollywood in the '90s, quite literally. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But can I can I say something interesting that I noticed that I never noticed before, which was the start of this movie where you had the kind of the the strikes of the meteors and the showers over new york and all these sort of stuff they they make it a war movie it's a war movie you you've got we've got multiple bogeys they've got radar impacts it's a, it's a surprise attack because america needs an enemy yeah this when you watch this movie and you didn't know it was a meteor if you had no idea this would be uh this would be an alien attack movie yeah seriously watch that watch that first five minutes again and think to yourself it's an alien or it's maybe like the soviets coming over for example or something like this it's russia as the, as the villain if you watch it with that lens and I, as i did i can't i think it was when i saw the radar screen on um on on the on the screen for 1.5 seconds and i was like oh there, there we go that's uh that's a war movie this isn't a natural disaster movie right okay well um, i think well no because the first thing that happens is that astronaut gets completely munched mm. by by the meteor shower first so mm. i mean obviously i've seen this movie before but i can't ever remember thinking that it was anything other than other than a meteor shower no uh, yeah no no i think i think so i'm I meaning just after that sequence so you, you you know the kind of um i guess it's a relative montage of them tracking the meteor showers looking at radar screens yeah, yeah, and yeah. things like that yeah no no so you're right so it is it is after that point yeah and, but, and the but explosions I, on display are yeah. just monumental mon monumental and totally unnecessary i like the whole new york sequence at the start i like the little reggie character the guy with the dog and i also like an, an inclusion of the of, of one of the first sort of songs in the movie we've got mr big time by john bon jovi because oh yeah it is it is that era isn't it it's kind of just it's it's michael bay is a guy in the 90s still wearing his denim and his puffer jackets and his white sneakers and his light blue jeans like that is that is michael bay like he identifies so much with that 80s late 80s kind of music and obviously this movie is just littered with that and a little bit of 70s obviously with the you know you know who oh uh, yes we'll we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> But I, I do love it. I mean, like, and I also was laughing at the whole global killer piece because we, we call this a global... Oh, you you do. You call it a global killer, do you? Yeah. You call it... A, my God. But what made me laugh was when they called it the global killer speech, I was like, oh, that that's that's not really like... That's not, that's not something that would happen. And then I went, what am I talking about? Of course, that's how they would explain it to Trump. Like, yeah. that is literally how they would sit Trump down and they would go, 
What what is it? What do I gotta do? Uh, it's a it's a global it's a global killer, Mr. President. Uh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> a global killer. Literally. Well, this is why we've got a space force, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I was, Deploy the space force. <laughs> because another common thread throughout this movie is, um, you as an overarching statement, I think up top as well to to this movie, it's that it is. It's such a movie of its time because this was this. It, it's a snapshot of America. If this incident happened right now, America would be the last people to actually kick into gear. Well, this you is know, what like, I was thinking, right? Japan, you know, they, they made South Korea, right. China, India, Russia, like, Russia. Of course, they would. They would. Well, no, but I mean, mainly, mainly the Asian countries would be apps. I mean, they are very much far more advanced in this kind of area. I mean, China specifically and South Korea. But but it's it's mental. It's mental how underprepared I think America actually would be if this happened. You know, it'd be Elon Musk, really. Yeah. It would be, it would be, but it's such a snapshot. I mean, this is just a, this is a snapshot of time. This is still from the age of America's the best, America's the greatest. You know, they went, who's the best driller in the world? They basically looked over their fence into Houston to find Harry Stamper. They're like, he's the best. Get him, get him. He's yeah. next door to us. Uh, to be fair, to be fair to him, he was in the South China Sea. Oh, he was, was he? He was in the <laughs> South China Sea on that oil rig, to be fair to him. <laughs> But but then on that ten hours they had off, they all had a chance to go and see their family. Like, Absolutely, they, all, they almost live near in Florida. They're all from Florida. That's what I generally think. They are all from Florida. That's They're it. all from Florida. It, it is wonderful. Um, the first so fire the nuke and and uh, so he's the smartest man on the planet. I love that whole sequence. You know when they're like just fire a nuke at it. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "That's a bad idea. Why? Because I'm—he's basically the smartest man in the room." I'm just like, "This is—I think this is what Michael Bay thinks happens." Yeah, like people just go, "He's the smartest person ever you've ever seen." Well, exactly. Oh, he is God. categorically the the smartest man in the world, as if if the the person with the highest IQ and the it's smartest so person in the world will be working at NASA. <laughs> It's just, it's automatic. It's it's automatic that the smartest person in the world is gonna is gonna be a rocket scientist. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And you know, and, and right, and, and then okay, so let's so we're in the we're in the plot. It's things have gone down. Things are things are bad. We've got Harry Stamper. I, I do you know what? I I still think the whole introduction of AJ and uh, his daughter, I forget her name, Liv Tyler, recall her, and, and Harry. And, and I, I still think the whole introduction of all the characters, you know, your Steve Buscemi, your Michael Clark Duncans, yeah. I still think it's really, I quite like that whole, I mean, that's like a Bayism introduction, well, isn't it? Yes. Now, one of the movie's saving graces, there's two saving graces to this movie, as far as I'm concerned. One of them is the band that we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the cast. Yeah, yeah. It's the cast is great because this era of Ben Affleck is that kind of adopting the 90s cowboy mm. mantle. And, you know, as much as it's kind of problematic to really champion the go with your go with your gut, no care necessary sort of yeehaw attitude. Mm. Mm. That they really are championing championing in this, and you're like, oh, God damn it. He does do it very, very well. Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi is fantastic. Michael Clark Duncan, fantastic. Owen, so, Wil so, so Owen Wilson was great, oh, yeah, even though Owen he dies Wilson. early. So, so some interesting stuff about some of those guys. So, I mean, um, obviously, I think the other one is Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, he is amazing yeah. as Truman, too. So in the original cuts, uh, Truman actually had more screen time and actually was kind of more in the focus. And they didn't have the kind of love sequence that was going on with AJ and Liv Tyler. And so you, uh, you focused in on him a bit more. But what's really funny is Steve Buscemi, 
um, and Billy Bob Thornton have both kind of gone on record. Steve Buscemi basically was asked, why did you do it? What, what made you want to do it? And he went, oh, I wanted a bigger house. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, and Billy Bob Thornton has kind of said something along the same ilk. The funny thing about Michael Clark, uh, Michael Clark Duncan, actually, is that he was relatively new into his career when this started. Um, and actually, this was one of his first major Hollywood films. And at some points, he was really struggling with with kind of really expressing himself because he's a very vibrant personality. Yeah. But actually, off camera, he was quite shy and quite quite introverted. And, and Michael Bay and Bruce Willis had to kind of pull him aside and kind of be like, hey, look, you know, we, 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 we hired you because we wanted to see that flair. We want to see that attitude that you bring to the role. Yeah. Um, and they really kind of talked him around to it. And it's, uh, it's a nice little story about that. But you're right. Like, they, they must have had a ball. No. Like, even though they were all there for the money, like, that must have been fun. Yeah, exactly. And and Bruce Willis, dare I say it, was really great. Like it's one of yeah. it's, it's 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 one of it's one of the performances where I'm like, you you might have also been cashing it in on this movie, mm. but mm. you hadn't completely lost all your professional integrity yet. Bruce Willis is a really interesting one as well. So, but you know, we we we've been tracking these uh, mobile gyms on movie sets, which is kind of turning into one of our little fun segments. But Bruce Willis was another person who was given a second trailer that uh, that housed a full working gym at an estimated cost of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. I guess how many times he used it? Apparently, oh, like twice, probably. None. 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 He never used it. <laughs> never used That's it. the kind of thing he's got that in his rider. He's got that in his rider. The, the his agent has gotten him that gym because it's in 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 his rider among the other things like yeah. a full a, a full bowl of m&ms yeah, in his dressing yeah. room at all times and he yeah. doesn't even know he probably no. didn't even know that that gym was there it was an off it was an offhand comment that he made some way and then one of his assistants was like make sure it's in all the contracts <laughs> make sure that every time he, maybe he'll be like oh i, re- I really like coca-cola and, you know when he comes back to his tra- trailer every single day and there's just a, a fridge filled with it and he's like cool i guess this is no again I, but I, that's what I, a writer I, is that's what a writer <laughs> is that's what happens in artist contracts and this you know it's not just it's not just like these top actors that get it as well like i've worked you know i've worked in venues in the classical music industry and you get these you get you know classical musicians that say i want this 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 and this in my dressing room at this kind of time and stuff Goodness. like that and you have that as part of your booking contract it's very very common people have these things what would you want alex what's the what, first thing you would what want would i want it? if you if there's one thing that you always want to be in your dressing room is it a fresh pair of underwear well, I don't know. Freshly pressed. Freshly pressed underwear. Freshly is it pressed. Maybe, is it maybe a nudie magazine? I would have to. I would minutes? have to think about that. I would have to think about that because I think. I think I would like something. I think. I think I would. I would. I think I would ask for something, just because I'd reached that stage where I felt like I could, and it's just nice. <laughs> it's just nice to be looked after. I think. Ask me. Ask me. What? What, what would you want? Pork belly. Pork a full belly. pork belly meal every single night. I, I'd love that. Bit of crackling, bit of, and and maybe sort of like fifteen twenty minutes just to sit and just eat it. I'll eat it shirtless, let the gravy drip down me. It's a, it's a disgusting sequence, but if I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. That's properly. horrendous. <laughs> That's minging, isn't it? That's horrendous. Can we touch on? Can we touch on the the fact that we have already been been introduced to all these characters? Mm. And then after that, when Bruce Willis gets hired by NASA, they then do the, we're getting the gang back together, even though we've met the characters less than five minutes earlier. So so can I just, the first part of that sentence, I want to just ask you the question of, so, so Bruce Willis, he rocks up to NASA, 
right he has the biggest attitude like by the way like he needs to shut that down okay (laughs) he's so aggressively southern he's a he's just like he rocks also is he doing an accent yeah yeah yeah. he's so southern like he just he and and he also right so he's been there for ages okay he they've explained everything to him like ts level of 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 stuff right he's a piece of shit right because he just assumes he assumes that he's entitled enough that yeah obviously they just want to tell me this and then he goes so why do you why are you telling me this like he kind of just goes well obviously they want me but it's only after they've explained everything they've taken him outside for a quote a moment of solace and 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 uh, and thought and he's kind of went why 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 am i here because yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole thing i think he just assumed that he had to be there um and you're right and then we get the assembly and we get that wonderful cover Aerosmith doing come together. I think that I think it's fun. I think it's a nice little inclusion. But this is a really but, I like yet this. again. It just makes me think of that Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, oh, Bruce Willis, you son of a bitch! I'm in, and they actually do that. They do a round table afterwards when when we're all there, and he's like, mm. who's in? And the first line is like, I've never I've never said no to you in twenty years. Not about to start now. <laughs> And you and, and <laughs> you son of a bitch! And genuinely, that's what he, that's what he says. And do, do and they do a round table with the lone military cornet hero music yeah. going on in the background. Which, by the way, I mean, we've not we've not gone on onto the music on this, but I I despise this. Do you? Oh, do you I despise crap? it so much. But it's so self. Oh, but we'll we'll get to it. But he's he's going around this round table, and each of them are taking their turns to basically stand up and go, "Oorah!" <laughs> and, and Michael Bay is standing behind the camera with a massive <laughs> erection. He's done it. He's there. <laughs> He's like, this is it. This is what happens. This is what happens. Do you know? But fair, fair play to him. Like, you can make this stuff. You can, you can, you can just do it. He's, I, I actually am. I'm of the opinion of just who gives a shit. Like, let's just just watch it. Definitely, you know, take, take I the want out. these it's movies so to funny. exist. I you... want. I genuinely, wholeheartedly want Michael Bay to continue doing this forever because <laughs> we must, need it. Uh... We need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of went off the board. I wish he did more standalone movies. I don't like the whole transform. I mean, I never really got into transform. How many of them have I, you I actually was, seen? I think I've seen like one or two of them, and I was just a bit like, yeah, fine, I guess. I, it, it's a world. It's a world that I wasn't really exposed to. I've seen all of them. So. Oh, magic! It's horrendous. <laughs> first one, first one. I had a bit of a soft spot for. I think I was yeah. still a bit of a Shia LaBeouf fan when mm. it first came out, and as a movie on its own, it's. I don't remember it being completely horrendous. Legendary everything... Shia LaBeouf. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then everything afterwards is just horrific. One, yeah. The last couple are hitting on three hours long and yeah, it's as much sensory overload as as this, if not more. And I kind of think, God, for a lot of people, that's dangerous. Imagine when you just see that in the cinema. Yeah. He's a bit of a dog, of, dog of a bloke as well, isn't he? Because there's a lot of like shots of women bending over and stuff in those movies, and this Armageddon doesn't really have any of that. It's no, like, it's got Liv Tyler's belly with an animal cracker on it. Oh, but yeah, we, that's we, about we, as graphic as it gets. Just, just to bring oh, back to the oh, point, he's, around he's tucking it into her into her pants. Oh, stop. <laughs> Steve, Steve's off. Of Steve Tyler's off camera, just off right. He's just like ah, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> just, but uh, you. You were talking about the round table sequence. Apparently, Michael Bay had the actors write that list of their demands on paper, from which Bruce Willis read. So that was actually their their interpretation of what they thought they would want, right? If they were having to ask this, which I thought was quite funny. That's yeah. funny. I did. I to be fair, I did. Re- 
very much like the line of none of them ever want to pay taxes again. Pay taxes ever. ever. I know, and I actually liked really that good. one. I liked yeah. I, I liked the line which was, hey, you guys wouldn't be able to tell us who really, who really assassinated <laughs> Kennedy, would you? Yeah, no, yeah. and you just get these blank faces going. But I loved the blank. Do you know what I loved about the blank faces? Is that the direction was very clearly we know, but we're not going to tell you. And I'm like, the director of NASA doesn't know. Then <laughs> the director of NASA doesn't know. Who's that? Is that a four star general, three star general? Of course he won't know. Yeah. he won't have a clue. But the funny thing is, I, I like about that scene that they're all. It's not like he's doing it on their own. It's that they're in the background looking over the shoulder. I thought that was really funny, like because it kind of gave you a little bit of personality to all the requests. You know, Oscar's got the parking tickets and things like this. I just thought it was really, yeah. I, I really like. I no, it really is, and again, and again, the cast and the fleshing out of the of the characters as much as they do is one of the film's few shining graces. To be honest, mm, mm. do you want to talk about the two? So, so we and then we have kind of two musical interludes back to back to back. Uh, we we have the kind of the training montage. Or oh, before actually, before we get that, did you notice the really funny kind of crossover of films when uh, when Max goes when he when he shows the big massive needle and he goes, "Have you seen Pulp Fiction?" Did you know? Did you notice the uh, the crossover? Because obviously, Steve Buscemi and Bruce Willis are in Pulp. Yes, Fiction. no, I did. Th- I did <laughs> think that. Yes. What, what do you, What do you think that he? Who do you think? Do you think he goes? By the way, you look strikingly similar to uh, to, uh, to to is it Butch in, in Pulp Fiction? Butch in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, oh, God, so that would have been that would have been horrendous. But the, the the musical inclusion. So we get sweet emotion for the as it starts as they go underwater, and that's all filmed in a real NASA testing facility. Yeah, um, and I do the, okay. So I do like that. There, there's there's like one little piece of clever musical idea here where they use sweet emotion because the the baseline is like a muted bass so it kind yep. of sounds underwaterish yep so yep. it's it's kind of mute, muted in thing. there and then i'm like oh that's quite cool well i quite like that yeah well done yeah. well done couldn't find anything else no, but I, but I, I don't. Th- and then obviously you've got the do 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 as the as the jet is spinning all the way through the air and they're trying to make them. You know, I'm gonna flip you. I'm gonna spin you. I'm gonna make you cry when you scream. I'm only gonna go faster. I love this musical inclusion in this film. It, I think this is absolutely bang on. I, I think this is a really, really clever just. What do we need as a song to include? Because they could have went to the kind of more... They, 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 they use another Aerosmith song at other point in the film, and it's just a terrible... And There is one musical Aerosmith number, and I think it's horrible. But this Interesting. One is really... Yeah, yeah, it's a, I don't know why they chose it. It was, um, it was when they put in What Kind of Lover You Want, uh, uh, the, which is one of the songs. I think it's 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 being played at this the strip bar sequence. You know that kind of ten hours before. Oh yeah, fly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know. I'm like, why would you choose that song? Choose Aerosmith. have got an amazing back catalogue. If you're gonna go for the back catalogue, you know, go for a really good song. Don't you know? Don't. don't I was actually that thinking one. in that scene, it would have been much much funnier because obviously this is a bit of an Aerosmith vehicle. Mm, um, mm. Well, I mean, you say that there's only like, well, as you say, it's only there's only two or three songs. Three, yeah, three, three, three songs, songs in Aerosmith, yeah. but I think it's uh, I think it's because four, four, they do a couple. But I think be- it's because "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" was obviously written for this movie, mm. and it's become one of their biggest songs, frankly. So I think that's probably why there's that association. But in that strip club scene, I was thinking, dude, looks like a lady would be perfect here. <laughs> Look at my notes. Look at my notes. I put 
dude looks like a lady. Absolutely. You can't see it. No. I literally wrote that down. I said, dude looks like a lady. Stick that in there. Stick that in there. Oh. Be really or funny. Love it. Love it in elevator. Love it in elevator. Yeah. What an amazing track that would have been because they're going up into space and going, oh. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I'm six years old and I've just had an iron brew. <laughs> what do you think of Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Well, first of all, I want to know how many more of those you've got. I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me. All right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I love Don't Want to Miss a Thing. It's, it's I really love good, I, that. Can I love the power ballad? I love the yeah. music video much more than I love the movie Armageddon. Let me tell you that. The music. I'm so happy you brought us onto the music video as well, because obviously a lot of the sequences from this film are in it, yeah. and the whole bit on when he, she's on this, when Steve Tyler is singing on the screen, and Liv Tyler's got her hand up to the screen, and in the movie it's Bruce Willis, yeah. but in the real music video it's her dad. I love. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's good. No, it is. It's really fantastic. And actually, I was thinking throughout this whole movie, of, you know, just how much like a music video artistically. Michael Bay chooses to shoot his movie like again with yeah. the quick cam with the quick camera changes. You know we've only got we've we've only got a three minute song here, so we've got to make as we've got to get as many shots in there as we can. Oh wait, no, it's three hours long. It it, it is and 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 even just like the obviously it's not the original version of the song. There's elements of instrumentalism and, and stuff in it, and there's a lot of piano covers. I think it's really nice. The, the I, song. I actually do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I love the song, it. and I think, but because they, they slightly tw they slightly twist the song to fit around the movie and the whole animal crackers, which is on the. Track. Oh yeah, there's crap cuts. There's there's uh, there's crap cuts of the song like mm. that, that don't fit, and I really, I really hate it. I I really hate yeah. because I think it's so it's much easier to do in scoring. Mm. To mm. cut and paste. Yes, yes, to yes, to yes. cut and paste. But if you're gonna if you're gonna make a song. If you're going to make a song your score in a particular scene, doesn't even have to be for the whole movie, but in a scene, then make it a bit of the song mm. or the whole song. Or the Don't whole song. Don't be like, oh, I like that bit of the song and I like that bit of the song. But then when you listen, when you listen to oh, it, then the phrasing, the phrasing's mean. off, the counting, so and it's just it, it triggers me. And and I'm not at the end, and I'm not yeah. willing to concede that that's just because I'm a musician and so I listen to things like phrasing and beat numbers and things like that. I refuse to concede that this is a million millions and millions and millions of dollars goes goes into these movies and you just need to have better quality than that. I'm afraid. Yeah, no, I know. What did what did Ilham think of the Russian accent? <sighs> I, I daren't say. I did. I did ask her afterwards. Um, uh, if if she had a ranking of the most like ter terribly stereotypical Russian performances yeah, in yeah, yeah. in Hollywood, and she said she doesn't have a list, but this one's definitely like top three of worst, really top three, oh, top no. three of absolute worst, which is a which is a shame because I will say up front, love Peter is it Stormare, Stormare, Stormare yeah, as an actor, very good, yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah. the. The the Russianness of it was was borderline racist. <laughs> although although he has one he has one of the best lines. Michael Bay gives a shit. Do you think he gives? You a know shit? he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He's an actor. Of course, of course he doesn't. No, Michael. No, I'm saying Michael Bay. Do you oh, think Michael, Michael Bay? Bay gives a no. shit. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. To, and to be fair, the character has possibly the best line in the whole movie. 
Which one was that? Yeah. American parts, Russian parts, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> all made in Taiwan. Yeah, when he's smacking it. Ah, uh, yeah, he's great. He's really. Do you know what? I was thinking this, and I made a note here. I think it was. I think it was just after the whole Russia, the, the space station blew up, which actually I had an interesting fact on. If you're interested, but I don't think I'm going to have time to talk about it. But basically, the uh, Michael Bay, in my mind, has mastered the art of tell don't show. Tell don't show. Do you know? Do you know, do you know how we we obviously we we. We commend, for example, Nolan. I think Nolan has done a really great job of making sure that he's always showing and not Yeah, to the extent that he hardly has any dialogue in some of his movies. Exactly, well, exactly. or inaudible dialogue as it's, uh, as it's been known. But, but Bay has almost gone too much to the, ex- the other extreme that actually it's, it would be weird if it, if it didn't. Every, every point an actor is explaining what they're doing, Every time from, 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 if you watch it, right, especially on the Russian space station, every time it cuts past one of the crew who are connecting the fuel rods, they're always, they're all going, gotta connect this fuel rod, gotta make sure that this plugs into the ship, watch it yeah. again, gotta make sure freedom, that this is happening. Freedom left, and independence right, it's like, yeah, oh right, yeah. okay, well that pipe's going to independence, that pipe's it's, going to freedom, okay, there we go. It's so, it's so, he basically, it's just, because it's just, it's, it's, can I, it's the storytelling, it's mental. Can I give Michael Bay a little lifeline here? Yeah, go for he it. He didn't write the screenplay. Ah, I thought you were going to catch me on this one. I thought you were. Yes. He didn't write yeah, the screenplay. Know, Do you know who did, ladies J- and gentlemen? JJ Bloody Abrams. Yeah. I knew you were going to catch me on Ooh. that one. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? This is. Uh, can, can we say this is a bit of a black mark on his record, writing-wise? Well, I, I think this. Well, to be I fair, Rise of Skywalker is not great. <laughs> no, it's not. I think this set. Well, yeah, and, and, and you know, to, to elements, I think the closest assimilation actually to this one is Super Eight. Uh, I like so Super Eight. The film. Yeah, I, 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 I like it too. A lot of things are kind of so even to the end where they actually use they use a Super Eight camera to film the wedding sequence at the yeah. end, which is actually filmed there. So, but I thought it was a little funny uh, nod and a nod and a wink. But no, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think this is an element of black, black mark on a, on a, a not too bad script. I think this was one of the the productions that actually really helped him kind of kick off Bad Robot. Oh, pro- as almost well. definitely. The amount of yeah, money yeah. that a, a young JG. also Touchstone. Touchstone and all, and the little Touchstone has the little meteor on it. So this is Disney. This was Disney's biggest uh, investment boost for a movie. It's mental. Uh, the armadillo has a minigun on it, Alex. It does. It does. There's a lot of guns in this film. There's a lot. <laughs> I made a, I made a note here as well. I said um I I'm amazed that there aren't any aliens on the meteor. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe you brought that up. I cannot believe you brought that up because in the final third of the movie it was just one thing after another, and there was yeah, about yeah. three too many twists. Like, I fucking love it. I, there was I about three it. too many twists. Like, and the last two I think I'd forgotten about, but by the last one, which I made a note of it, which was uh, after the shuttle takes off and Bruce Willis is watching it, and then there's another little storm that that comes in yeah. and knock and knocks him about. You know, just yeah. so that they can have the timer go down to two on. Two seconds. two seconds close Mental. to the thing and i'm just like all right okay that's plenty but about five minutes before that about five minutes before that there's a scene where they where they, where they go outside and it felt like there was going to be something new that was about to happen yeah and yeah and Elham said there's an animal yeah exactly. <laughs> and Elham said there's an animal on the thing and i instinctively turned to her and 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 uh and wanted to say don't be stupid and then i thought Look at look no, at what you're watching. Really look at really look at what you're watching. Yeah. If it happened, fine. Yeah. 
I just, I just love, I mean, the whole, even things like, oh, you've got to hold nine and a half Gs for 11 minutes. Like, d- just dead, instantly yeah. dead. And they're like, just suck it up. They'd die yeah. instantly. I mean, like, they couldn't walk. The blood would be pulsating out of their toes. It has sunk so low on their body. Absolutely. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just mental. But, man, I, I, I love the whole the five minutes to detonate the bomb sequence. You know how they kind of go, we've got five minutes, otherwise we lose the remote and then we're going to do the surface detonation. Yeah. I thought that was great. No, I like that. They have to bring, I like that because the, the decision-making and... on display there, both, you know, with the overriding of the override in in Mission Command, which uh-huh. that's stupid, as I said before, but still, they did that. They went against orders and then Bruce Willis was able to talk around Colonel Yankee Doodle Dandy uh to his line of thinking was that was that was that was that a racist thing Did no, it, no, is that no, right that's fine. That, is that right to say that was his name though colonel yankee you know, Dandy. He, but, but, um, he, he's a great actor i forget his name it's, it's william fichter, fichter yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't pronounce it he, he's a really good i mean he's he, famous little intro in the dark night you know where he plays the bank manager with a shotgun yeah uh, that's the same guy he's really good and i like the sequence where he's come round and they're, he's got two seconds or three seconds to cut the wire. And he goes, which wire do I cut? And he goes, R-. and then he almost says red and he goes, blue. Yeah. And then he cut the blue. But like again, with, like, the cli- again with the cliches like though. But No, but th- there was so much tension and everything in the scene beforehand that there was like legitimate tension. As soon as they decided to do oh, yeah, red yeah. wire, blue wire, I was out. I was like, no, you, you don't get to do red wire, blue wire. It's done to death. You don't. You just don't get to do it. That's just one of those things you don't get to do. Diffusing a bomb, red wire, blue wire. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you're not allowed. <laughs> Incorrect, sir. I. I it's just. It, it's. It, in my mind, it is just such a love letter to Hollywood, and so kind of I, to the extent that I was very, very surprised that when they slingshotted around the moon and they saw the asteroid out the window, I'm. I'm genuinely very surprised. One of them didn't say. We're gonna need a bigger drill. We're gonna need a bigger, yeah, or something. Along I was those expecting lines. it. I, I, I really yeah. was expecting it. The, the, the other thing that I want to talk about again is that there's an element of some of the character decisions just make no sense, or the understanding. And I, and I, I must admit, I quite, I, st- I do like the, the last third. And Michael Bay says he really doesn't like it. I think it's, I think it's the best part because it is just, it's, it's, you're, you're kind of numbed by that point. You're kind of you're out, all out of trying to justify it. you're just like you're just watching it for the sake no, of you watching are. it yeah and you're and just letting it wash over you and it's especially the sequence with the drawing the straws i think it's really good like i really like that bit because you can kind of just go fine i guess that's what they would do because it's you're just so detached from that situation you cannot even express i mean people people be in tears people be crying like they're all just so just like stoic and heroic and it's just like that just wouldn't happen and no. the bit when he goes i'll take aj down of they all must just be like we all know what he's gonna do yeah we all know he's just gonna push you know p- push himself out and leave aj in the other. we all know that's what's gonna happen 100%. when he says i've got to see, say goodbye obviously that was what was gonna happen yeah i'll um, i'll take him down i Sure, sure you will. will yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see the second AJ. Yeah. All right, good to know you. Yeah, yeah. you know, the only person that didn't know was AJ, though. So there exactly, we go. Exactly, yeah. Complete surprise <laughs> yeah. to him. You couldn't believe it. He's, what are you doing? Oh, my days. Do you know, and I love how Bruce Willis gets so angry at AJ throughout all this thing. And I'm like, who do you think he's taken inspiration yeah, from? Like, who do you think he's looked up to his whole well, life? That's the, but that's the, that's the deep character flaw that's underwritten oh, through mate. all of it, is that he's not angry at AJ. He's angry at himself. <gasps> oh, 
this is a character good, piece and bruce willis is a character yeah. actor through and through the, the, the goodbye is quite sad isn't it the goodbye when he when when liv tyler's got her hand up to the screen i thought that was quite sad and she was oh, quite daddy no it's quite sad oh. there, you know there bruce, was bruce willis had a, a photo of his daughter up to help make <laughs> him cry for that sequence <laughs> I'm well, you know, kudos, <laughs> kudos for it. the method acting. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis would be proud. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh my dear! What, what, what do you think of the suite? I mean, like, so we let, we're at the film. It's landed. They're on the runway, and there's the big Armageddon suite. As it okay, were. so this, we're this ta- the nine the nineties were. You know, Forrest Gump's an example of this. They they use a kind of suite of music as opposed to. A score. Okay, so we're now we're now talking about the original soundtrack now. Yeah, you know, we've yeah. we've we've very we've very much ripped this movie a new one. Let's talk about the music by Trevor Rabin, who is uh, a good well, a singer songwriter. <laughs> He's a singer-songwriter from South Africa. I think he's very fa- famously for playing in Yes, Yes with Rick Wakeman and things like that. And there's there's orchestral music in, in this. But mm. I just... One, I couldn't pick out a discernible melody that went no. with this movie at all. I couldn't pick out any themes or anything. All I heard was direction to be like okay this is this kind of scene Mm. okay this is a heroic scene so we need heroic military trumpet here this is this kind of scene we need yeah this is a hero's coming home scene we need soaring strings and that's all i heard i heard sound bites this could have been constructed on garage band with with publicly (laughs) with publicly available sound bites that's what I think of the. That's what I think of this OST, this original soundtrack. It's fucking atrocious. It's a. It's a. It's cookie cutter nonsense. It's. Nah, it's, it's all right though, isn't it? It's, it's no. Good. It's cookie cutter nonsense. Nah, but it's pretty good. I know, uh, not not in the slightest. Uh, do you know what? It's really all I have to say about it. It's oh, just mate. so non. Do you know right? But. You can't help thinking that when so so people behind the curtain, um, listen. We were we got down to two because we were like, what what best reflects the current natural disaster of the world that we're in right now? And we got it down to we're gonna do, we we in our and we should have put it up to a vote actually. I guess we probably if we if we find ourselves in this situation again, we'll do that. But it it came down to we either do Titanic or we either do Armageddon. Yep. And you said Armageddon, I said Titanic. Right. But when you said Armageddon, I went. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. do want to do this again because I'll watch this movie again. Uh, so will I. I think it'll be a while. But do you know what? I I I was leaning towards Armageddon more because I didn't want to watch Titanic. Okay, fine. Okay, no worries. It was either Michael Bay or James. Gen- Cameron, genuinely, I mean, James Cameron uh, for me is a much finer, finer filmmaker. But Titanic yeah. is so annoying. Yeah. It, oh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not great, is it? Do you like the bit when the string quartet are playing when the ship's going down? Do you like that little bit? Do you like that bit, Alex? Is that bit you laugh? Is that bit you go? Do you identify with well, that? Well, do you know? You know the problem I have with that scene is that it actually happened. <laughs> is it really real? Is it really real for you? Is it no, really but it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's quite sad, isn't it? They, they were just like, why? The, why? 
what else do we have to do? We may as well just. Well, play, they, but that's what they the did. Going down. That's yeah, a, exactly. it's a hundred percent a true story, but oh. unfortunately, it's so true a story that you feel like it's not, and it's kind of Hollywoody. And I don't, I don't feel like there's <laughs> that's, any that's way. The point I'm making. I don't yeah, think there's yeah. any way to do that in a movie without it looking really tacky and naff. Do you think they they played forbidden pieces of music that they weren't allowed to play? <laughs> yeah, they played Stairway. <laughs> Anyway, how many oh, thumbs up are we giving it? Absolutely zero. Nothing. Are nothing. You? This gives me nothing. Uh, this gives me uh, guilty pleasure syndrome, but that doesn't give any thumbs on this podcast for me. I, I, it really doesn't. It's 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 atrocious. It's much, much worse than I remember it. I think last time I watched it, I was aware that it was a bad movie, but I still enjoyed it anyway. But this, this time I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why am I watching this? I'm giving it two, baby. No, you're not. <laughs> Stop it. You're desecrating our rating system by oh, daring. Right, look, I'm going to give it one. I don't give a shit. Oh, really? I like, right. I like, I like Aerosmith. I think they're great. I think Sweet Emotion. I think Don't Want to Miss a Thing. They're good. I think they're great. That's not uh, liking a movie. That's okay. liking, that's, that's liking okay, a band. Would you, would you, would you, I feel like I'm being strongholded here. Okay, I'll give it none. There you go. You happy? Yes, I am. <laughs> cool. It doesn't deserve any. Yeah, why don't we? So, loads of new things have started this week, but I want to hit up top that Netflix have come out the gates punching and kicking after Disney have released their full list of programs for the next couple of years. Oh, they really did, didn't they? Yeah, so basically Netflix has announced its full movie list for 2021. Uh, Some of it are saying there's going to be a blockbuster per week. And to be honest, when looking at the list, I do not doubt it. Did you see the trailer that Netflix released for this? No, I didn't actually. Oh my goodness. So basically Netflix have released a film preview trailer. Now, the thing that Netflix have going for them in this is that they are not relying on previously known properties. In fact, almost none of the films that they're releasing have any sort of affiliation with previously established characters, stories, narratives, plots. Okay. Which I think is a really great thing because Netflix are really banking on the fact that they have had a lot of hits and a lot of misses. But what they are really doubling down on is the star quality. The streaming giant will release films featuring a string of A-list celebrities, including Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Chris Hemsworth, Amy Adams, Zendaya. You've got Ryan Reynolds. You've got Gal Gadot. You've got Dave Bautista. um, You've got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill. All of these actors are going to be in some of these blockbuster movies along the way within 2021. You had me at Dwayne The Rock Johnson, frankly. I watch so anything in, with him in it. He's in a movie called Red Notice, which uh, basically is one of the the action movies on the slate. But basically, what net what Netflix have done? Excuse me, I'm burping away with my coffee. Oh my days! What Netflix have what Netflix have done is they've basically it's it's really interesting, right? And it kind of goes back to that point of none of these are established properties, so it's kind of just what they've had to do is they've had to advertise it through the stars because they've broken down the films into 
their genres. So they're like action films. We've got films called Awake, Cakes, Army of the Dead, Red Notice, Sweet Girl. We've got horror films called Fear Street Trilogy, No One Gets Out Alive, There's Someone Inside Your House. <laughs> Think that's one of the movies. There's someone Inside Your House. <laughs> that's literally one of the horror movies coming. And then we've got thriller movies, and they've got a Blood Red Sky, Beckett, Escape from Spiderhead. We've got romance movies such as Love Hard, Kissing Booth 3, and, 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 and then they've got all these dramas and stuff. But they're just basically naming movies. And into some of them, they've got kind of when they're going to be released. So there's quite obviously there's there's one in there's some in January. So like Pieces of Women, for example, has already come out. Which how many how many of these things do you think have been come up with on a random movie name generator and they've just gone, we'll make it later? Uh, yeah, we'll announce I, it now. I think you're right. We'll announce it now. We'll 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 get the IP legal stuff down, so mm-hmm. that we own we own the movie title, and we'll get someone to make it later. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably not wrong. What's really interesting though, mate, is because they've basically put this up there and they've announced this, they're they're saying that the uh, the, the the streaming giant is actually going to be putting a pay increase. So um, much like Disney with their their service, they're actually increasing by by two pounds a month um to, to okay on top of it yes yeah. so and well I, I don't pay for my own netflix so i don't care i don't think anyone does i don't know anyone who does actually pay for i think i think we've i think we've um, stumbled across why netflix has never turned a profit in a fiscal <laughs> no. year it's no but it's, it's one of these things where it's it, you know what it's it will never go under though it will not not for not for the foreseeable future but i've wondered got... that do you, do you have any do you have any kind of explanation for that for a company that never turns a fiscal profit Mm. why investors keep investing in it and why well, how they're able to continue well it, 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 i think if it's it, not profitable it's, how is it viable i think we're getting into the world of things where actually there, there's not really a profit that you can assimilate with such a with such a big thing it's the same thing you know take take for example we work so obviously i'm um through 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 work had a, have a, have a, had a chance to work through WeWorks again they've not made a profit they all always keep getting investments because it, it's just it's it's rich on its assets it's so rich on its assets that actually there's not really a quantifiable way to tell you how much it's worth it, let's say Netflix fell apart tomorrow what would happen to all the films where would they feature where would you be able to find them they certainly wouldn't be on DVDs because that's gone. So what, all the other streaming packages would pick them up, but they couldn't afford to take them on. So I think you're looking at something that's just so unquantifiable, which is why it just goes, well, we may as well just keep fueling it. We may as well keep pursuing this because they're chasing the idea that one day there will be a profit. And that, you know, like, don't get me wrong, they're going to, in their trajectory, they will one day turn a profit. There will come a point where they've invested that much that they should turn a profit. Will it actually happen? Fuck no. I don't think it will ever happen. But because they can't really quantify it, that's why they keep taking money in. They keep feeding the beast. Um, that still makes mate, zero sense to me, but I'll take your it, word for it. No, it's it's. I know I know what you mean, but it's it's just one of these things where you can't, you 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 just can't really put a price on it. It's just so asset. It's so asset rich. That's the point of it. It's the, like the the quantity of the cash assimilated to it almost is just like not really a thing anymore. Right. Um. You know. It, it's it's. You know, it's, it's it's like anything. You can't really put a price on it. Basically, is the point of it. You know, like when when a, when a new movie releases on Netflix, do, do you think they have a way of telling how much money that movie made, like as accurately as a movie release does? No. Nah, they, they they don't have a way of telling it. They can assimilate it through the the formulas that are set up and the algorithms that show how many new people have subscribed to watch it. But 
this sort of stunt that Netflix are pulling is a really good way for them to kind of go, right, who's really all in? Who's really paying for this thing? Like, this is more for their investors than actually for the consumer. Yeah. I genuinely think. Um, but look, I, I'm all in. I think this is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really good. And hey, if anything, if it's more content for us, it's more content. Definitely. Oh God, we need it. Eh? 100%. Because people are already completing Netflix, it's good that they're putting people on have new completed levels. Netflix. I can't believe there's so much. There's so much on there. Do you want to talk about another massive conglomerate that, unfortunately, we're back to Disney uh, with uh, Lucas Games? Oh yes, know, the new company. Have, so I know that you have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. One, so so a few years ago, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, one of the things that they did was they shut down Lucas Arts. Yes which was their division for making video games. And they made some... When, when did that happen? When did that happen? Almost immediately when yeah. Disney bought oh, it. No, no, so... what year, what, oh, no, no, what Oh, 2012. Was it 2012? Okay, interesting. Okay. 2012. And I was really sad about that because they made some really good games back then. Yeah. Like the first, Le- the first Lego Star Wars games were pre-Disney mm-hmm. and they were fantastic. You mm-hmm. had the original Star Wars Battlefront Oh, uh, games, games which was, that Ubis- was it ubisoft was the engine or was no no no. it was pandemic, that, pandemic. it was oh, pandemic that made it and then Lu- and Lu- lucas arts as well i'm not entirely w- well versed enough on the relationship between the developer and publisher sure. but lucasfilm was the publisher lucas arts mm. sorry was the mm. publisher mm. and pandemic was the developer that's what it mm. that's that's what it was uh things like force unleashed which yeah it was a hack and slash game but it was it was being a force wielder on steroids and it was fun. And I was really sad that we weren't going to be getting mm-hmm. any Star Wars games. And then, you know, Disney being the large media conglomerate that it is, decided to give EA, who are genuinely considered to be the most evil blood-sucking corporation in the world. There, There's actually rankings on this on yeah, the internet yeah. and they've been genuinely the worst rated company for this like mm-hmm. several several years in a row well on battlefront 2 i think you know well that, that, yeah that, that was a huge deal huge media, deal yeah. uh battlefront 2 basically was the catalyst to the the loot box sort yeah, gambling, of the, the gamb- yeah. gambling thing yeah. and first start this is something that's been going on for years in sports mm-hmm. games in madden in fifa Mm-hmm. EA have been doing this. This is what packs are. You spend real mm-hmm. money on the console and you get to open packs, which is a lottery yeah, yeah, yeah. on getting good players. Sure. And that is and that is gambling. Yeah, absolutely. And then it 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 trickled over into other things because frankly, sports games fans just take it. They don't actually care. Mm. But by and large, because they're not doing it for for the game and the playtime. They're doing it for the players and all and all that and building your fancy teams and things like that. And remember, but, as they famously say, EA Sports, it's, it's, it's in, in the game. game. It is in it's the game. in the game, it, Alex. It is in the game. They did say it right up front. But once it, once it trickled in and it was relevant to the Star Wars fandom oh, and goodness. the shooter gamer fandom... Yeah, exactly. the fans they did not put up with it. But that, but that says more about Star Wars fans because they are a known entity. They are. They are. They are. They are. A, they are a breed unto themselves, and. Yeah. So, yeah, Disney struck this exclusivity deal with EA to make Star Wars games for like 10 years or Mm. or something like that, of which the first few, Battlefront and Battlefront 2 especially, were (laughs) yikes. 
yeah, kind of yeah. at time. They're good now. And then the last few. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Battlefront Two right now is Battlefront Two right now game. is brilliant. Is no, it because and I know, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I do. It's one on my to do list because I've got nothing else to do. I will go back and play that game yeah. again. Well, it's on Game because... Pass, so it's free. Ah, well, I've got the actual disc, but I remember it being visually stunning. It really, is visually really stunning. Fun. And now it's got the game modes and the maps and the customization to actually back it up and to be a good game now. But wow. so long after release. And the last couple of releases have been wild successes. Jedi Fallen Order, a single yep. player game with no multiplayer, no paid DLC. Yes. None of that. Massive success. Squadrons, which is the latest one. Again, mm. no paid content, no loot, loot boxes, just mm. its own little vision and not a game-by-service sort of thing. It's not a pay-for-service model that, that is they, they wanted to adopt. Mm. But now, with the creation of Lucasfilm Games, which is what this new kind of publishing right. company is yeah, called, yeah, yeah. they announced... As an open world Star Wars game yeah. that's not made by EA. It's being made by yeah. Ubisoft, and specifically uh-huh. in Ubisoft, the people that made Tom Clancy's The Division, okay, and and The Division Two, which are stunning games. They're a bit yeah. critically mad just because they're a bit okay. too huge and you get lost and it's a bit samey. But okay. to be honest, I think if it was like that with a Star Wars skin on it, first of all, I think that'd be cheating and I hope it's I hope that it's not that. But honestly, I'll be the first to admit that you stick a Star Wars skin on anything and it makes it ten times better for me. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. I, know, I, like, know I, I don't I care. And but what's really interesting is that there's still three years left on the EA license. Mm. which is interesting because either Disney have had enough of EA bullshit and mm-hmm. they're taking it away from them, or more likely they're just announcing it now because, mm. because this game won't actually be released until that license has expired in three years. I, I can't, I can't help. I mean, I think that they are already cracking their knuckles with, with all these, obviously these, all these new star Wars projects and, and other game projects let, you know, lest we forget something that I wanted just to, to touch on here well part of the legacy of of uh, lucas lucasfilm games or lucas games um is an adventuring archaeologist who is also making a return to gaming the decision in some ways was really easy uh they wanted to do an indiana jones game for a long time but we've never had the right uh, fit or partner or an idea that would make it happen so they're extraordinarily excited to fortune and fortunate to be partnering with todd howard so an executive producer for an upcoming game which will be developed by machine gun games uh and the team at bethesda what, what, what have bethesda done well bethesda's biggest properties are elder scrolls doom ah. and fallout uh, well, fall like that. I mean, but, but so, so th- their unique vision, passion for Indiana Jones has been pitched, and they've they've pitched a story and a concept that's apparently really, really amazing. Yeah, and and I, you know, it's going to be some sort of uncharted esque version. Well, that's the I, thing. I, I, I find I it, Indiana I find Jones it very surpri- surprising that they've never found an opportunity to do it before then, because considering that Uncharted is fantastic, mm. and really in the most simplest way, you just need to do that, but make the main character Indiana Jones. Yeah, in a, in a I, large there, way. <laughs> well, there used to be. There was some. There was. There was one. I think it was like the temple of the temple of. Uh, no, I remember you it? had no, a, the the emperor. The emperor's emperor's tomb. Tomb. Yeah, I remember oh, you had I that. Loved that game. Yeah, I loved that game. It was great. Yeah, mate, I'm all over that sort of stuff. Anyway, you were saying though, just 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 about the the future of Star Wars games and and the contract. Well, yeah, because apparently there are still unannounced EA Star Wars games, and I just can't help 
think that these games are going to be better because yeah. of Ubisoft breathing down their necks and yeah, saying, yeah. hello, you've got competition again. Yeah, yeah, Actually exactly. make a good product. Competition at, for these corporations is the only thing that gives us, the players, a good product. Mm. It really is. Because if they have an exclusive license, they just have to churn it out. People will buy it. Yep. I was guilty of that. I got Battlefront 1. I got Battlefront 2. I paid them. I paid them my dues. Yep. yep. And I got a substandard game. But I didn't care because I wanted to play Star Wars. But, mm. that's, but mm. that's me. And I have a right to want to play Star Wars, <laughs> frankly. Pew pew. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about this. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I was at last week or the week before, we were talking about the Oscars, because obviously the Oscars are coming around the corner thick and fast. And maybe there's a bit of a slim pickings for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Year. I wonder why, absolutely. But do not worry, because Tom Holland and the Russo brothers have... Well, they've made the best answered, picture ever, haven't they? Have they've answered our prayers. Man, that is a bold statement, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so let's that just describe really... it right off the top. They put the the words, best picture, on on their poster. It is crazy. It's a really... And do you know what? They could only get away with it this year. Yeah. Because I don't know what's going to... I mean... It's a classic Oscar bait looking movie. It's it's released at the time that Oscar bait movies should be released. Everything about this is them going, "Hey, look, Tom Holland's about to get his first Oscar. Tom Holland's going to get his best actor in this film. We're going to get you know Anthony Russo and and uh, and I forget the other one, Daniel yeah. Russo. Well, it's, Joe Russo. Well, it's exactly Russo. It, 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 it's it's exactly. Daniel, I've read so Daniel's many. Daniel's the third one that that lives in a cave that oh, really? actually feeds. So there is three. Of oh, them. amazing! Right, <laughs> there's Anthony Joe. But and Daniel. I, I have read so many articles. Uh, about, they about him for parts. You <laughs> 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 keep him for spare lungs and stuff. Brilliant. I've read so many articles about background Hollywood that this is how it's actually done. Like you know, we we can sit we can sit there and go, oh, that was a great movie. I really want it to get nominated for this category and this category. But it actually really comes down to the the social climate of hollywood the parties yeah, the, the parties that the producers and the actors and the directors and writers that, that they go go to who knows who the the nepotism of it and you know i think i think out of the categories the things that are nominated there's you know there's clear winners and for a lot of them you can say okay yeah that movie deserved to win that but every single year there's all always criminal nominating things we were just like how on earth did that person from yeah, that movie not get nominated yeah. for that thing yeah, that yeah, they did yeah, yeah. and you're just and it, it beggars belief because you're not mm -hmm. saying they should win that you could say that mm -hmm. but th mm -hmm. there there are clear things where even you and i know oh there, there should be a nomination there yeah exactly but it, but it's also just i just just to bring it right back to the narrative they put on the poster best picture yeah bold claims remove the remove the context of the oscars that has no re that's you may as well have on there uh, uh it's a nice day <laughs> you may as well have anything put on there yeah. you may as well have put we we use daniel russo not just for his organs but also his blood yeah. do you know what i mean they may as well have anything it's just such a weird claim it is just I, I, it's it's blatant. It's blatant. Yeah, no, it really win is. though, won't it? It'll probably win though. Oh, amazing! <laughs> See, I, when and when it does, we'll, we'll, when we'll, it does, we'll, we'll, all the Hollywood producers are going, 
Yeah, that was really good. Do you know when, you know, a couple of years ago when Jeff came into the office and said, you know, we should actually just write best picture on 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 Avatar's poster, and we were like, no, nah, we can't do that. Oh, these people, it. these people yeah. just did it. Yeah, it, that's so true. Yeah, it's it's that's it. You know, it's it's a classic example. It's a Trumpism, isn't it? Yeah. If what what you know, you could show me the facts, but I'm saying they're wrong. Yeah. And what is there to argue? Yeah. What is there to argue with? This is best picture. Absolutely, hundred percent. Do you think Daniel? Do you think Daniel Russo was the one that put on best picture on the front of that? Poster? Possibly. Not sure. I picked. He's. Daniel, I think it was Tom been, Holland. Oh, Tom Holland! Little Tom Holland. <laughs> he looked great though, doesn't he? Yeah. He no, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It's an Apple film, isn't it? It is an Apple film, absolutely. Hopefully yeah. that means I'll get to watch it on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. He's got a bloody head that looks like an apple in the poster. I'll tell you that for free. Maybe it's <laughs> That's a bit rude. Uh, it's a bit rude. It's a cher- well, it's not an apple film, obviously. It's a cherry film. Oh, the film's called Cherry. Days. We haven't actually said the film I, name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> the film's called Cherry. No, no. <laughs> and I think at that point, we are we, we can safely say that we've, we're circling the drain. So, absolutely. Uh, shall we wrap before, it up? Before we go, mate, you haven't watched WandaVision yet, have I've you? I've not, because it only came out yesterday at the time of, at the time of put- recording. Do we want to put in place a plan for this? Because obviously our listeners are going to want to know our hot scoops on WandaVision oh, and our thoughts. Definitely, definitely be watching it this week. So we could definitely talk yeah. talk about it moving forward next week. Absolutely cool. Um, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Okay. That's all I'll say. Right, uh, okay. It's, uh, I, all I will say, and this isn't a spoiler, I can see why they released the first two episodes. Okay, interesting. Mm, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. That could mean anything. It could mean anything. I may as well have said it's best picture. <laughs> you could have. Best picture? You could have. You could have. What do they have to do now, though, Alex? Well, they got to go onto the Apple Podcasts app, give us a cheeky mm-hmm. little five star rating if you wouldn't mind, mm-hmm. and also emphasis on cheeky. Yeah, cheeky. Very, very cheeky. Also, you could leave us a review. Tell us mm-hmm. what what you like about the show if you do. Mm-hmm. If you don't, no worries. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't want to leave a, leave a review. You can tell us your favorite movie. You can tell us your favorite soundtrack, all or above. You know, mm-hmm. any of that is good. You can also find us on Spotify yeah, and yeah, lots of other there. platforms that you like to listen to your podcasts on. And if you yeah. want to get in touch, we have an email address, don't we? That is motionspod at gmail.com. And you can write in and tell us any of your films. And if you want to take us for your walk, take us. We can, we'll can. we tell you why why your movie is so great or why Armageddon is probably one of the best music movies of all time. Yep. Uh, you can email. I mean, so, so we've got a really great one from Sophie here. Love the show. Really funny, guys. When are you going to get around to doing Jaws? Which is one that it's been at the front of my it's mind. A valid May, point. I think it's a valid point. I don't know if you want to have a shot this week. I know that we've got some plans coming up potentially for some extra sort of stuff and content that we want to be releasing. And I guess we don't want to be leaking too much. No, not but... much. But I think uh, we can we can definitely say what we're going to doing next week. Yeah. What is that, mate? Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, we're doing Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. We? Have you seen it? I've have not you? seen it. It just got uh-huh. it just got released on uh, home premiere in the UK a little bit after the American market, which you know it came okay. out came out last year. But it's just been released on home preview for that premium mm. pay for early movies type thing mm-hmm. instead of going to the cinema. So mm-hmm. I'm keen to watch it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's lock it in. It's locked in, baby. Amazing. It's all there. Excellent. Well, thank you very very much for listening to the show, and we look forward to speaking to you again i'm not going to say the rudest one of there because i was awfully rude last time yeah. <laughs> had a lot of people complaining because i was obviously saying some rude things but i'm going to say it now nah, i'm coming yours next time see you very soon bye bye everyone. all right guys ta-ta